Hey, hey, what is going on, you guys? Welcome to My Blue Thoughts. My name is Peter Sirs. I am your host. I am a comedian. I am a diehard Dodger fan. And before we begin, I would like to ask you, if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, uh-oh, there goes the reverb again. God damn it. Here we go. I got it. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I won't edit that either. You'll get it. Um, if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, now that we're on Apple Podcasts, do me a favor, man. Just go on there. Leave me a review. Rate the podcast. Say this is the best Dodger podcast. Whatever you want to say. Um, you can subscribe to it also. We try to do new episodes every Monday because we have a short season and I don't want to miss anything. But um, anyway... If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, just do those things for me. Um, you could also subscribe. That'd be cool. And it's on Spotify. It's also on a bunch of other platforms that, to be honest, don't really know. Uh, before we start, I do have to say this podcast is brought to you by my friends at Bucked Up Supplements. You know I like to work out, you guys. I work out a lot. It's one of my things. Um, so if you want any kind of vitamins, protein powders, pre-workouts, which is the first thing that I discovered from them, they have the best pre-workout, if I'm being honest. They have different levels. Um, but anyway, you can check it out. You can. There's even sample packs you can try out. Um, anyway, check them out. Go to Bucked Up Supplements, uh, buckedup.com. Um, enter promo code, one, sorry, I burped, <laughs> one zero pounds as in 10 pounds, my other podcast, but whatever. Um, and you'll save 20% off your entire order. This podcast is also brought to you by Performa.com. They have all of your fitness accessory needs. You know, I'm into fitness, guys. I'm sorry. Um, they have all your fitness accessory needs. And one of my favorite things they have is Dodger Shaker Cup, number one. Got it. Um, they also have a Dodger Meal Prep Bag. So since this is a Dodger podcast, you might want to check those out. Um, but anyway, go to Performa.com. Enter promo code 10 pounds, that's the word 10 and pounds, and you'll save 15% off your entire order. Um, all right, let's get into it, guys, shall we? California. Oh, shit. This means one of two things. Uh, uh, one of two things, yeah. What? Yes, it does. California. You know what this means, buddy. Uh, this song brings back so many memories. In the city. Good old Watts. Good old Watts, right? Yeah, you guys. What is going on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. It's all right. So this is what we're going to play. The never welcome everybody to the Wild Wild West. <laughs> Oh, man. Okay, so a uh, couple reasons <laughs> I'm playing that song right now. First reason is uh, not to start this podcast on a sour note, but um, this past Sunday was uh, the anniversary of Tupac Shakur um, maybe being killed, maybe not, depending on <laughs> what you believe and the conspiracy theories and all those good things. Um you know, when he when he when he got shot, I don't know if you guys remember because I do. Um, it's really fun. I'll, I'll just talk about it really quick. My blue thoughts, whatever, man. Deal with it. Uh, when Tupac got shot, obviously, I mean, it didn't really come as a surprise to anybody because there had been a, an, a there had been an attempt on his life before he had. I'm pretty sure he got shot before that too. But anyway, um, initially. Tupac was said to be in stable condition. 
And so we're like, okay, well, he made it, you know. Obviously, he's a thug, thug life. That's why he got the thug life tatted on his chest. Um, but then, like, all of a sudden, he was dead. We're like, wait, what? How do you go from stable condition to dying? I don't understand how that works. Um, but, you know, and then there were people that said that he made himself disappear because he's going to be like Machiavelli. Then he comes out with a Machiavelli album. We're like, see, told you. And then he's talking about Illuminati. And you're like, okay. So was Tupac in the Illuminati? Fucking maybe. Did he fake his death? maybe i don't think he did because at this point he'd got to be like yo <laughs> stop coming out with these fucking old songs that i didn't come out with 25 years ago okay there's a reason we didn't put them on the album and it was because they weren't good enough but anyway um the second reason i wanted to play that song is because uh i'm gonna be honest i i've, I've had pretty good uh pretty good upbeat podcasts uh, throughout this entire season, this entire season, you know, we were, first of all, just fortunate to have a baseball season, obviously this year with everything going on with the world being on fire and whatnot. <laughs> but, um, on top of that, you know, I just missed baseball, you know, but like, this is the year where on paper, the Dodgers are world series favorites, you know, like a lot. And, they, yeah, they've been favored before, but, you know, I always feel like, you know, other teams get more love, whether it be the Yankees or, you know, the Red Sox, if they're good, and the Astros. Like, it's always really easy to paint somebody else. The Dodgers never really fully get the credit nationally that they deserve. And, you know, like I said, I've talked about it on here before, but uh, since I'm in another time zone watching these games, I kind of get it now. You know, it's very hard to fucking stay up and watch these West Coast games. I've, I'm going to be honest with you guys. There have been several games over the last few weeks where I fucking fell asleep. Um, you know, just trying to stay. And it's, it's partially my fault. I could easily stay awake and watch the games. But if you know anything about me, you know that I have trouble sleeping. So in order to help myself go to sleep, I take edibles so I can fall asleep because it's it's almost impossible for me to fall asleep at a decent hour without them. Um, but I have to do this thing where it's like, okay, what time do I take this edible so that I can fall asleep when I want to? But also, don't take it too early because you might pass out and then not get the end of the game. And that's what's happened a few times. Also, I don't know. I guess I'm just old enough to where I could sit up and watch the game all the time. But the second I like try to lay my head down... Um, it usually means that I'm going to fall asleep and I've tried to do it. Like <laughs> I try to put my head down like an eighth inning and think like, Oh, it's the eighth inning. And then if I fucking, I wake up and the game's, I'm like, fuck dude, I did it again. So anyway, I understand the bias, but, uh, you know, every game that I've watched that's on a national, you know, level where, whether it's on Fox or MLB network or ESPN, like they're giving loads and loads of praise to the Dodgers for, the first time in a long time. Like, they never really get this kind of praise. But anyway, I wanted to play that song because, uh, like I said, I'm, a, I'm, I'm very uh, upset at the recent performance of Kenley Jansen over the last week in his last two outings. Two blown saves, mind you. The, the, he has allowed six runs total. He allowed two runs uh, the other night against the Diamondbacks. 
a game that he blew the save but got the win, which I don't fucking like that, okay? I don't think that you should get a fucking blown save, but then you get credit for the win. I think, if anything, that should count. They should make up another statistic for that. Because what if you blow 10 saves, but then your team wins those games? That, that's nothing with, that has nothing to do with you. You know, your team could have been home already. I don't think you should get... Uh, like a, a positive point for that. I think there should be another statistic. Since we have fucking statistics for everything else, you know, how many home runs this guy hits uh, against a left-handed batter on a Tuesday when he jacks off the night before. Like, you know, they got stats for everything. Why not have a stat for wins by a closer after he's blown the fucking save? Just saying. So anyway, um, you know, I was really optimistic about this season, and rightfully so. The Dodgers are fucking great. Um, but at the same time, I was optimistic about Kenley because he also, like Kershaw, went to driveline in the offseason and, you know, came out the first few weeks throwing hard, getting strikeouts and all those things. And, you know, he has a lot of strikeouts. He's got, you know, 26 strikeouts in 19 innings pitched, which is pretty good, you know, but, you know, like I said, the last couple outings, I, I, you know, the thing with Kenley, and I know I've spoken about it here, but he's got a natural cut to his fastball, kind of like Mariano Rivera, except his is not as good as Mariano Rivera. I've said it before, he's not Mariano Rivera, but Kenley has this thing where he gets he starts to fall in love with his cut instead of forgetting the fact that he could throw the ball 92, 93, 94. I've seen him get up to this season, maybe even higher. I, I don't think I've seen him throw anything harder than 94 this year. But here's the thing. The reason that Kenley Jansen is even in the position to be a closer anyway, number one, is because as a catcher, he was a shitty hitter. <laughs> he couldn't hit very well, but he had a, a, a cannon for an arm, and the scouts noticed that he could fucking, his ball had natural movement. But with that, he starts to get it into his head, and we've seen it happen multiple times over the last few years where he tries to be too cute with his cut and tries to make the ball cut, and then it either cuts the wrong way or it doesn't cut at all. Next thing you know, he's given up fucking four runs against the Astros, blowing a huge lead. You guys, I'm up. Okay, really quick, I'm not going to talk about my shows too much because you guys don't want to hear about that. You want to hear about baseball. You guys know that no matter where I am, if I'm on, I mean, before COVID, you know, obviously I have a lot of shows at night, and a lot of times I got to, you know, keep tabs on the Dodgers through my phone. And if I'm in LA, which I usually am, I can't watch the game on my phone because you have blackout restrictions and you can only watch it if it's on TV or if you're at home. You get it. Um, so I get the notifications, but I always know what's going on and I'll go on stage knowing what's going on. So I go on. But here in Oklahoma where I am and I happen to have my shows in Oklahoma this weekend, I'm watching the game in the back of the room <laughs> on my phone because I have, you know, the, the baseball package and I'm out of the blackout zone so I can fucking watch the game. I'm watching the game. And the Dodgers are up 5-2, to two, and I'm like, sweet, dude. We're going to fucking own the Astros this season, win all four games, right? I go on stage. 
I get off stage, I got text messages, fucking Kenling, or are you watching this game? And I'm like, what the fuck? And I turn on, you know, I look at, I turn back the game, and I notice that the Dodgers are fucking losing. What the fuck did Kenley do? Then I go back, and I see that he's trying to be cute. Kenley, just throw the fucking ball, dude, okay? Throw the ball 93 or 94. Hit your quadrants. Most of the time, my problem with Kenley is that he doesn't have the mental makeup. You know, yes, he's got, you know, he's all-time Dodgers saves leader. That's great. That's fine. But he ain't fucking Gagne. Do you know what I mean? I've said it before. Not this season, but last season and probably the season before. When we had Gagne, and yeah, was Gagne on fucking juice? Hell yeah, dude. Was a lot of people on juice back then? Hell yeah, dude. Okay. But when Gagne came in, juice or not, that motherfucker w- would scare people. He would instill fear into the hitters. He was cussing. He was pumping his fist. He was fucking throwing the ball, you know, high 90s with a fucking wicked slider and a changeup. Because if you remember, Gagne was a starting pitcher that was average at best. And then he's like, you know what? It, it, I, I can't be an average at best pitcher, but I could be a kick-ass closer. And then he developed that mentality. He's, he saved 82 fucking games in a row without blowing a save. Kenley can't fucking say that because he doesn't have the mental. He tries to be cute. He gets mad and then he starts throwing the ball hard after he's given up a couple runs because he blew the save against the Diamondbacks. I talked about it. Listen, man, just fucking go up there and throw the ball. And you know what? The Dodgers are in the position right now where they have guys that could just go in there and do that fucking closer role. We don't need to depend on Kenley. We need to win a fucking World Series. I'm not falling off the bandwagon, but I think just as everybody else has to prove their position to be in there, you know, we talked about it last couple weeks. You know, Jock's getting platooned. That's just the way it is. It's partially on him. I think the Dodgers handled him wrong, but whatever, man, it is what it is. But you got other guys like A.J. Pollock, who is... He doesn't start every day, but he's kind of a platoon as well. He's got 10 home runs. He's making the most out of his opportunity. So he's forcing them to put him in the lineup. Same thing with fucking with with Corey Seager. You know, he was getting platooned a little bit the last couple seasons when he wasn't getting hurt against certain guys. He ain't fucking getting platooned now. He's in there every day. Mookie Betts in there every day. Justin Turner, unless he's hurt, in there every day. Do you get it? If you fucking perform... You get those you get those opportunities. But if you stop performing, Kike, guys like that, you're not gonna Austin Barnes fucking last year. You're not gonna fucking get those opportunities. So yeah, keep him on the team, man. He's getting paid sixteen million dollars. That's fine. But if he's not if he doesn't have the mental capacity to go up there, you got you gotta scare somebody if you're the fucking closer. There's gotta be an intimidation factor. Okay, think about all the great fucking closers. Mariano Rivera, fucking Hell's Bells. Or not Hell's Bells, Enter Sandman. Hell's Bells was Trevor Hoffman. You're like, oh, fuck, like, this is serious. Fucking Eric Gagne, welcome to the jungle. Like, we fucking knew it was game over. It said it on the fucking scoreboard. This fucking, does it say game over or anything remotely close when Kenley comes? Don't they, they play California Love? Yeah, dude, we love California. Guess what, Kenley? You're from fucking Curacao. That song doesn't scare anybody. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if you want to say nothing but a gangster party or something where fucking Tupac's talking about killing people, then yeah, dude, fucking maybe that might scare somebody. Hail Mary, I don't fucking know, dude. Hail Mary is like kind of ominous, right? Mob first. Please, mob first when we ride, please. Reconsider for you die. Like, something fucking scary. California love just all about partying, and that's what I feel like Kenley does. He just fucking, he's a relaxed. He goes up there with his fucking dreadlocks, and I mean, he's given the Dodgers a lot, but, you know, I'm just going back over the last few years and the World Series and such. Maybe they used him too much that year anyway in 2017 when he blew game two. It's whatever, man. But fuck, dude, like, there's two weeks left of the season, okay? We can't afford to just let him fucking figure it out. We got guys that can come in there and go. Blake Trinan, former closer, fucking done. McGee, fucking the lefty that I didn't even fucking know who he was, but they got him off the scrap heap like they do. And I'll give him credit for that. The Dodgers are good at that sometimes, a lot of times. You got fucking Grotterall, who's throwing fucking 100 miles an hour. I don't know if you guys saw the game on Sunday, but the game on Sunday was a bullpen game because the Dodgers brought in Gonsolin because May got fucking hurt a few days ago, and thankfully, he's okay. He got hit so hard on his ankle, and I was really worried about it. Um, he kind of has a finish, a follow-through, and, and I'm not a pitching coach, but... He's got one of those follow-throughs where he kind of falls off the mound a little bit, and that's not necessarily in the fielding position. And, you know, when you throw the ball high 90s to 100 miles an hour, if, they got, if the guys make contact, it's gonna, you, get, you better be fucking ready, man. You got to be that, that, that ninth fielder. So, you know, he got hit by a comeback line drive in the ankle, and I was really worried, but um, turns out it's just a bruise. Hopefully that's, hopefully that's all it is, and he may be... You know, maybe he misses a start, but I think if it's just a bruise, he'll be fine. But, you know, luckily, you know, but then Gonsolin had to come in, you know, and kind of bridge the gap between the bullpen. And uh, so then he didn't get the start. So they went with the bullpen game. And now because Walker is on the DL because he's got a fucking blister. I don't know how severe the blister is. I know that if it was the playoffs, most likely he would not be on the DL. But with a lead that's dwindling, uh, the Dodgers still feel confident that, you know, they can give the guys the rest and just get guys healthy for the postseason. And that's fine. But all I'm saying is that the Dodgers have a few guys that can come in and honestly throw harder than fucking Kenley Jansen. And, you know, we can't afford to to to. To save guys' feelings, if he's not going to be the, if he's not going to be able to close it, then we need to fucking bring in someone who does. You could be the setup guy. There's no shame in that. If the Dodgers win the World Series, is anybody going to remember who the fucking closer was? I mean, maybe the guys on the team, but we're not going to fucking care. If Kenley comes in and gets some key outs in the seventh, and then somebody else makes the save, who cares? I want that fucking World Series championship that I haven't had in 32 years. Okay, this is the pandemic. Our lives have gotten significantly shitter over, shittier over the last few months. The least they could do is give us a championship and quit fucking around. So, that being said, Kenley, you need to figure your fucking shit out or, you know, run the risk of losing the closer role. There's plenty of guys that can take, the, take that place. So, here's the thing. In the postseason, 
you're only going to need four starters, maybe three, depending on how the first series goes. Because the first series, they're, they're calling it, I think, the wild card uh, round or something. Best three out of five. Um, they're fucking... They're not going to need four, four. They're not going to need five starters for sure. So you already take one guy out. So with the five starters, you got Walker, Kershaw, Urias, and then you've got May and Gonsolin now, right? So one of those guys is going to not need to be the starter. You don't think a guy like Gonsolin or May can come in in the fucking ninth inning and throw a hundred? Because you guys got to remember, most starters when they start. They don't throw. They don't give 100% of their. They're, they're trying very hard. They're try, they're not trying to throw anything, but they're also trying to pace themselves to get through. You know, six plus seven innings. You know, ideally, you would want a starter that goes in there with the mentality that he's going to pitch nine. But just the reality of where baseball is, that's not how it works anymore. Guys are expected to go. You know, five, six. If you could go fucking seven, great, and that's pretty much it. Okay. The Dodgers' longest start this season has been Kershaw at seven innings. Okay? And Walker had one as well, but whatever. Anyway, um, but when you guys get starters like Agagne, for example, who, you know, like I said, he was a, you know, average starter at best. You know, he threw mid-90s. But you put those guys into the bullpen, now they don't have to conserve their energy. They can come in throwing fucking Ched a la... John Smoltz when he got moved to to a, you guys remember that John Smoltz was like a Hall of Fame arguably starter and then they fucking just put him in the bullpen for like three seasons and he saves fifty games because he can throw fucking Ched it happens same thing with uh what's his name from from the the Diamondbacks and the Cubs and Wade Davis you know all these guys that you know they they throw pretty hard as starters but if you put them in the bullpen they don't have to conserve their energy they could just come in throwing fucking lights out so that being said you don't think that Gonsolin or May can come in there and fucking throw Chet they've already shown they got the mental capacity to go in there and shove it fucking put them in there as a closer I don't fucking care think about what the Astros did when they won the World Series besides the fact that they cheated in 2017 they had their starters closing games these guys came in here McCullers and fucking I don't remember what the other guys names were they just fucking came in throwing Chet and it worked. I mean, it also worked that they were fucking cheating and sending signals, but you get it, man. You don't need, I think people, so many people are married to this quote unquote closer idea. You know, yeah, it's cool to have that guy, but you know, over the lot, I'm sorry to keep talking about it, but you know, I remember Madison Bumgarner coming in, unfortunately, when the Giants won the World Series and he was the closer, you know, in one of the games. It happens. Randy Johnson, same thing. Fucking came in. Fucking closed the game. Like, it happens, dude. You don't need to go. Like, any in October, anything goes. In a season like this, fucking anything goes. We've already changed rules and everything. Why not bring a fucking starter in if the fucking closer can't handle it? That's all I'm saying. We got Joe Kelly coming back after he serves his suspension. Oh, and by the way, I got to talk about this. I don't know if you guys know this. You, you, I mean, you have to know this if you're listening to this podcast. But um, there was a mural painted of Joe Kelly making fun of Carlos Correa when he uh, when he struck him out when the Astros played him the last time. 
and uh, I guess Joe Kelly said, nice swing, bitch, and then he was taunting Carlos Correa as he walked off with a sad face, and there's this beautiful, beautiful mural now up in Silver Lake <laughs> of Joe Kelly making the sad face, fucking legend, right, but Joe Kelly takes his family to the mural <laughs> with a Kobe jersey on, by the way, he wore a Kobe jersey, which is already, I mean, Joe Kelly is from the LA area. You know, he's a Lakers fan. I get it. So, but if you want to endear yourselves to Dodger fans, you show them that you root for the local teams. They're going to love you even more. You you wear a Kobe Bryant jersey, who is a fucking legend, who's got, I don't know, probably 20 murals around Los Angeles now. I don't, maybe even more. I can count probably like 10 or 15 that I just saw, you know, when I was walking around before I left. So anyway, Joe Kelly takes his whole family to his own mural <laughs> wearing a Kobe Bryant jersey. And there's a picture of Joe Kelly and all of his uh, family, his wife, his kids. I think he's got like three kids and maybe their babysitter or something. And they're all making the sad face, dude. That's fucking legendary. And here's the thing. Uh, some of you guys may or may not remember uh, 2014. 2014 or 2013 I'm gonna have to go back and I, honestly I don't really care enough right now to go back but I'm pretty sure it was 13 um, when the Dodgers were playing the Cardinals and the in the playoffs don't know if you guys remember this but uh, at the time the Dodgers were fucking same thing they went on fire that's when Puig came up you know they had that 42 and 8 run um, and fucking Hanley you know, everybody, you know, was talking about how great Puig was and how, you know, he breathed the life into the Dodgers. And yeah, like all those things are true. But Hanley Ramirez was hitting the fucking shit out of the ball. Like, I'm pretty sure he missed a good amount of time because he had pulled his hamstring and something else. But um, he was the Dodgers best hitter. He was hitting everything. And then Joe Kelly hit him with a fucking fastball in the ribs that ended up cracking cracking his rib fracturing it and then Hanley was never able to perform in the postseason after that he couldn't hit he, he lost everything he kept playing but he was in pain and uh, the Dodgers lost you know their best hitter and it, it really affected them because they didn't have the depth back then that they do now and yeah maybe Kershaw didn't pitch very well but I guarantee you if Hanley doesn't get his rib cracked the Dodgers fucking beat the Cardinals that year and maybe win the World Series if I'm being honest that's when they had Kershaw and Greinke at their fucking best. Anyway, um, I've never forgotten about that, Joe Kelly. I've never forgotten about the fact that you fucking cracked Hanley's rib and cost us a World Series. But if you want to endear yourselves to Dodger fans, you fucking make it a point to go after, you know, their their second biggest rival. You know, you could argue that it's it's not a really a rivalry, but there obviously is not any lost blood between the Dodgers and the Astros because of what happened and you know I, I heard Justin Turner getting interviewed live on the air during the game and good for Matty V uh, over at ESPN for asking him the question about how the Dodgers feel against the Astros and you know he, he was very diplomatic uh, in his answer but he clearly was like yeah we're never gonna we're, we're never gonna forget about that kind of thing and, you know, I know Justin Turner probably wanted to say, fuck those guys, but he was on the air, so he couldn't. But that told me that, like, yeah, they're never going to forget. So 
If you want Dodger fans to be on your side, yeah, maybe you, you, you give a couple guys some chin music, talk shit to them. Now Joe Kelly's a Dodger legend. So anyway, my point being is Joe Kelly's coming back too. And uh, if he is anything like he was before he got hurt, um, he might be able to have, you know, that closer. Because he's another guy. He was a starter, you know, a solid starter, threw hard. Then he moves to the bullpen. He's throwing 100 miles an hour. And he's throwing, you know, a 92-mile-an-hour slider that's breaking two feet. Like, the Dodgers got guys that can close. It doesn't have to be Kenley. And if we're going to win a fucking World Series, we can't afford to, uh, you know, trust that he's going to get out of it. I'm not jumping off the bandwagon. I'm just saying maybe they need to throw some fire under their asses. I don't know. Um, Really quick, the Dodgers have a humongous fucking week this week humongous we've got the Padres who because the Dodgers you know had an average week Dodgers went three and two this week which was not what I wanted I wanted them to go uh at least four and one and they could have had Kenley not blown a fucking oh no yeah if Kenley didn't blow a fucking save booyah (laughs) you know he blew they're lucky they didn't finish the, the the week with a losing record because Kenley blew that fucking game in Arizona. Anyway, my point is this, okay? Um, the Dodgers got the Padres and they've let the Padres back in. You know they, they've they've uh, they've conceded three games in the standings over the last week or so because the Padres are on fire. Um, the Padres are getting a lot of national recognition, which is odd because when the Dodgers are fucking hot. Anyway, there I get it. The Padres are the new, you know, darling. They're you know they're young. It's exciting, but the Dodgers got a lot of young and exciting players too. You know, Gavin Lux, you know, hit a couple home runs in that extra inning game against Arizona. And if he could figure it out, you know, he's a top prospect. By the way, I was in Tulsa uh, this last week, and I went to uh, One Oak Field where the Dodgers uh, minor league uh, team, the Drillers, play. And they've still got posters up of Gavin Lux everywhere. Just thought I'd throw that in there. But point being is the Dodgers got young and exciting players as well. Will Smith, Bruce Starr, Gratterall, you know, uh, Dustin May. You know, I can go on and on. You guys get it. We also have uh, guys that are just exciting to watch, period. Mookie Betts, who may have uh, just uh, bypassed Corey Seager for that MVP that I thought Corey Seager would get. But Corey Seager's still up there, man. He's still got the home runs. He's got the higher average. Like, it's going to be interesting, man. The MVP is going to come out of L.A., and if it doesn't, I'm going to be fucking pissed. But anyway, the point being is that the Padres, you know, I I gave them respect from the beginning. Um, You know, I've been the first person to talk about how garbage they were over the last few years, but uh, they finally figured it out. They got a young, exciting team. They're confident. They have fun in the dugout, which I like to see. Uh, and, and I don't really have a problem with the Padres being good because I don't really feel the rivalry with the Padres because they're one, their fans are shitty. So I can't, I don't recall ever getting into like a debate between myself and a Padres fan like I do, you know, with Giants fans or Angel fans or Yankees fans or Astros fans for that matter. Um, they're an exciting team to watch. I like their unis. <laughs> They're, 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 they're old school kind of throwback, but also mixing in the new, you know, with the brown. And I like it, man, because those Navy uniforms they had the last few years are just boring. Navy's just a boring color. I'm sorry. Um, but anyway, they got three games with the Padres in San Diego, which, you know, 
in previous years, you know, is basically like another Dodger home game. But without that, you know, being a thing now with no fans, you know, the Padres are just can just relax and play. And I'm not worried about it. I'm excited because going into the series, obviously, the Dodgers are only two and a half games up. But at the same time, <laughs> they could put them away. You know, we've only got, I think, what, 14 games left? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, six, 13 games left. That's it. You know, so they could basically not clinch it numerically, but, you know, clinch that spot mathematically, not officially, but you get it. You know, if they if they end up being five or six games up after this series, then you're pretty much like, okay, well, the Padres are going to make the playoffs unless they just fucking completely collapse. But they've been scoring a lot of runs, which is fine. You know. They got. We're playing against the Giants and the Diamondbacks and or D-backs and the Angels and just teams that are not great. I'm sorry. So good pitching always beats good hitting, and the Dodgers definitely have good pitching. So it's going to be an exciting series. Uh, you know, like I said, we got three in San Diego and then four in Colorado, which uh, honestly. That's going to be interesting because the, the the Rockies are coming off. Uh, they handed the Dodgers their first series loss of the season, which I didn't appreciate. But they're not really playing well. And if uh, the season ended now, they were in that they were in line for one of those last playoff spots. But uh, they're pretty much. Uh, they're there, you know. They're a couple games behind the Giants, so they're still playing for something. And you know, in October, especially in a fucking pandemic season, anything can happen, man. So the Rockies are still playing for something, uh, and we got four games in Colorado, which you know, it's just it's it's a crapshoot. Um, the Dodgers officially have uh, proven me wrong. They are not going to finish the season forty-seven and thirteen, which I accepted last week, uh, but. You know, they could still win a decent amount of games with 13 games left. They sit at 33 and 14. They're two and a half games ahead of the Padres. Um, 13 games left. So if they go 10 and 3, that's a 43 and 17 record. Still pretty good. Um, Let's go with that. Let's go with that. I mean, I would like them to go 12-1, and one, just finish with 45 wins, like a nice, round, solid number. But whatever, man, it's going to be interesting. Uh, we got fucking two weeks left, and then we have playoffs, and it's going to be a crazy playoff. Um, I know they were talking about uh, neutral sites, but if I heard correctly now, it's just going to go to the stadium with the, I guess, home field. is. Gonna, I mean, just like it always is, the team with a better record. So I think they have nixed the uh, the the neutral site because I think players were not wanting their families to because that was going to be the thing like if the families wanted to go with them they had to quarantine for like two weeks before or something and that's just hard to maneuver when you don't know where you're going to end up and I don't know dude so I like the fact that the games can be at home you know but they I mean they might change it who knows so um big week with the Dodgers you know, we're battling our rivals, and then we're going to finish next week with the fucking A's and the Angels. So, you know, the A's are still playing for home field as well. So it'll be interesting, man. Um, I want to thank you guys for listening to this podcast. 
Um, like I said, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, leave me a review, rate it, subscribe. Um, also share it, man. Help other people discover my amazing podcast. I know these are more fun when I'm just totally pissed, but you know when you when your team is the best team in baseball and you're, they're kind of doing the things that I want. I don't have much to be pissed about, but I was pretty upset with Kenley Jansen. This has been an ongoing thing, so. Hopefully he figures it out or the Dodgers just fucking pull their heads out and just say, fuck it, man. We, we can't we can't rely on you. So anyway, um, thanks for listening. Dodgers are fucking awesome. I love you all. This has been my blue thoughts and I'll talk to you next time. Bye.